Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? I've told you my testimony a little bit, but, you know, the Lord rescued me through the teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith. It literally saved my life. And so I'm forever grateful to what God did. But I know generations of people, when you talk to people, how many have been impacted by the Jesus Revolution. And I know all of us would love to see that again. You know, something fresh, something new. Because he is the God of the outcast. And on that note, we love his word, and here's the thing, you know, something about the Jesus Revolution in Calvary and, and all of this, Pastor Greg was talking about, they came for Lonnie, the kids came for Lonnie, but they stayed for Chuck. Lonnie was able to preach the gospel, he was an evangelist, but they stayed. The real power began as Chuck began to teach those kids the word of God, line by line, precept upon precept, and they were changed. And you know there are many people in this room who have their stories about how they were saved through this. I meet people all over the world, literally, who were touched by this movement. And so our prayer should be, Lord, one more time. One more time. And so, if you would, though, as we do, teach through the word line by line, precept upon precept. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. We're going to be looking at a very famous story today. It's a true story. Because we know the scripture is true. And it's the story of the rich young ruler, which I think is a very powerful story for all of us. And we have some lessons to learn. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We do have Bibles. Uh, if you need a Bible, but uh, hopefully you have your own. If not, talk to us. We'll get you one. But if you need a Bible, let us know. Mark chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 17 through 31 in kind of an overview. But I'm going to read through verse 22, from 17 to 22, and then we're going to dive in. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17. Now as he, this is speaking of Jesus, was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Verse 20. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way. Sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. Verse 22. But he was sad at this word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You know, and that is sad, and as we're going to see, there's a lot to this story, but it's also very simple, simple and profound, like much of the scripture. But here we see this, you know, this story is often called the rich young ruler, the parable of the rich, or the story of the rich young ruler. But here's the thing, in Mark, we don't, we don't get all that information. 
You know, when I was talking about the full counsel of God's word, we need the full counsel of God's word. Well, all three synoptic gospels have the story of this rich young ruler, but that's how we determine who he is. Because in, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 20, it explains that he's a young man, okay? And then in Luke 18, 18, it tells us he's a ruler, which most likely means a ruler of the synagogue, to a lesser order, but a ruler of the synagogue, a very religious person. And all three of the Gospels, all three of the Synoptic Gospels, tell us that he was very rich or very wealthy. And this is important for our context. So this rich young ruler, understand this, it's one thing to be young, that's fine. Um, It wasn't as celebrated in their culture as it was, or as it is in ours. But to be young is one thing, but to be young and to be rich was very rare in that society. So most likely he had inherited, and we'll, we'll see, there may be some hint to that. Um, I'm, I'm sure he, didn't, he wasn't a self-made man, but again, who knows? He might have. But then also to be a ruler in the synagogue or ruler of the synagogue, even at a lesser order, would be extremely rare. But understand, wealth bought a lot of things in those days. Wealth bought position and power. If you were very wealthy... They had no problem welcoming you into the synagogue, and you could understand why. You know, well, the synagogue, you know, well, you know, we need a new playground set outside for the kids, and, you know, we need a new building. We got to, I'm exaggerating, but here's the thing. I mean, it's true, right? We see that in the church today. But the thing about this rich young ruler that I really appreciate is that he, he was zealous. But one of the things we're going to look at today, and, and I think within the context of this entire passage today, we see three things we have to be on guard against. One of them is misplaced zeal. I think another one is selfish religion. And another one is the, are the cares of this life. That's what we see in context today. We see those three warnings for you and I. Now, we should be zealous for our Lord, but there is such thing as misplaced zeal, and I think that's what we're seeing here. Because this man, he, you could tell, he knows he's missing something. He's lacking something. You know, you've often heard that story or that that explanation that we're all born with a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and that's simplified. But the truth of the matter is, is that you and I are not complete without the Lord. Now, if you're a raised Christian and you became a Christian at a young age, you understand this, but to a greater degree, those of us who became Christians later on in life, we understand. We were totally void. We were in need. We were lacking so much. We needed something. We were missing the greatest peace to our hearts. We were missing something eternally in our souls. And this man knows he's lacking. He has money, he has power, he has position, he has youth, and yet he is lacking something. He's missing something. He knows it. And I love this because verse 17, look at him. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? Take note, rich people didn't run in those days. They rarely do it now, unless, you know, it's exercise or whatever. If they, if they could get somebody to exercise for them, I guarantee they would. But rich people didn't run. That was undignified. And they certainly didn't kneel before anybody. So understand, there is a measure of humility in this young man. There is. Now, he could have been just doing it for show, but I think we're going to see from Jesus' own words, there's some measure of humility. And yet, we know he runs, he falls down, he says this, he, he, he's proclaiming that Jesus is a good teacher. He's got all this zeal and he comes running, but he's going to miss the point. And many times that happens, you know, we see this, again, revival, awakening, it's messy. We see people who come with such zeal, such emotion. And if you have an emotional Christianity and there's no real conversion, it will taper off. It'll go away. 
Zeal can be dangerous because it can create false converts. So we need to give, we need to make sure we give a proper gospel. And we'll talk about that today. But we need to be sure. And there is a time of testing for new believers. But so many run with zeal, don't they? Or even in ministry, I've seen this in my own life early on. We go running with zeal thinking we're called for something or called to this or, or whatever it is. And we go and we fall, fall right on our faces. And God's gracious. He teaches us, you know. But see, misplaced zeal can cause a lot of problems. Because it doesn't just hurt you. It hurts everyone else around you. When you dive into something you shouldn't dive into, when you do something you're not called to do, or the worst case scenario, a false conversion. You know, I've heard heartbreaking stories where people say, well, I tried Christianity. And you know as well as I do, you can't try Christianity. You can't. You know, it's like when the Lord said, are you going to leave me too, to his disciples? And they said, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. It's the same thing for us as Christians. You know, talking about Lonnie Frisbee, you know, he backslid. But where do you end up? When you're a true believer and you try to backslide, you're miserable. You're the most miserable person on the planet. <laughs> and you always come back to the Lord because you know who he is. And so misplaced zeal, we must be careful, especially in new believers. That's why discipleship is so important. But in ministry, discipleship is important too because you don't want to just jump into something you're not called to do or jump in too early. Misplaced zeal can cause a lot of issues. Not only that, but new believers need to understand, and so do we as Christians, and we'll see this in the story today, that we have to be willing to lay it all down, to lay down everything in our lives, to not hold back. Jesus wants committed followers, not people who are going to hold on to the cares of this life and the cares of this world. And that's part of the story today. But notice this also. Jesus is going to call this young man out because of his selfish religion, too. Because this man's religion, this man's faith, is somewhat self-centered. It's built on self-righteousness. So look at verse 18. He calls him out right away. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. See, Jesus isn't denying his divinity. I've heard the cults try to use this as this. This is Jesus denying his divinity. That's not what's going on here. First of all, I think this man stumbled onto something. He didn't realize who was sitting in front of him. And Jesus is kind of throwing that out a little bit. Do you know who I really am? This man didn't know. Not only that, but being a ruler of the synagogue, no matter what level he was at, he should have known and would have known the scriptures. And so Jesus is challenging him. You don't know exactly what you think you know, son. Because in the Psalms, it tells him, he would have been very familiar with this, that there is no one good but God. No one. There's no one good but God himself. And so to call him good teacher... Jesus is calling him out saying, you don't know exactly what you think you know. But again, I love his zeal. He runs to Jesus. But then he shows how religious he really is. Because, you know, he comes and he offers this up and calls him good teacher. And it's almost like he's schmoozing Jesus. Have you ever done that in your prayer life? I know nobody in this room would ever do this. So I'll say me. You know, have you ever come to the Lord in prayer and you really, you want something to change or something to happen, so you come to him and I'll often just come in the King James English, you know, oh, thou us lordest, you know, <laughs> not really, but have you ever done that? You know, you really, you're just trying to butter up the Lord because you know what you want to ask for. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.